Today's episode of Shark's Pond, a South Park podcast, will not be heard at this time, so we can bring you the following special. to watch South Park, but they are also movie marks. They like to watch all the good and bad films. So now they will take a trip down memory lane. This is a South Park special. They will talk about movies. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this special Shark's Pond episode, as today, Fro and I are going to the movies. Special movie, 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 special, special movie, movie, special. Yes, and this is another one that I have never seen before. And, and I am such a fan of this movie, because this is Mickey Funtz of Mormon. Yep. Um, wow, this is... So if you're a Mormon, yeah, turn off the com- computer. Yeah, we'll talk Give to you guys to next... somebody that needs it. We'll Be talk to you guys thing. next week. <laughs> um, and if you don't like um adult entertainment, turn this off. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Yes. Um... So yeah, well, the, this, this movie is, is such it's such a, a parody on, on on so many things, and this is this is one of uh, the first. Uh, I I have a kind of a funny story uh, about okay. this movie because I saw this movie. Um, when did it came out? Nineteen ninety-seven. Ninety-seven. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to think uh, when I became a Mormon. Um, oh, that's right. You were at one point. Yeah, I was a Mormon. Uh, one of the things that I find uh, funny about this movie is how they betray missionaries in this movie. And uh, I will say it now, and uh, I will probably give some clues to to what I think about this movie. Uh, but uh, the Book of Mormon was written at least, like, 10 years, 15, 20 years later? Mm-hmm. Maybe? Don't you think so? The Book of Mormon? Uh, the musical, I mean? Oh, gosh. Probably. Yeah, I think the, the first Book of Mormon were, was in the 2000s somewhere. Uh, and if you see this movie, you will recognize a lot of critique that comes true in this movie in the Book of Mormon. So you, you, you kind of see um, uh, shoots to, to what's coming in the future uh, when it comes to Book of Mormon. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, this, this, this uh, movie isn't really about, about Mormons uh, when you uh, dig down um, uh, hard, but it's really about uh confidence and how to create confidence in yourself yeah and in in such a weird way too yeah as far as you know how to do it so and i'm i'm i mean there there there's something said about this movie because i i think i think this is an overlooked movie and to be honest with you, I, I, I don't know why this isn't talked about uh, as one of their uh, better movies. I, I will make this bold statement that this is a much better movie than uh, uh, the one we did last oh, time. Cannibal? Uh, Cannibal the Musical. Mm. Uh, Maybe not as funny, but film critically better. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is it is a kind of simple and and maybe a little too uh, naive story at times. Right. But but there's things in this that that I I I I 
do see glimpses of uh, genius, uh, geniality, yeah. All right. So the movie that we're going to be talking about today is Orgasmo. And Orgasmo, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not a fan of the title. Well, there's a reason for that. that yeah, we'll there's out. a reason, but I don't, I, I, I think they could, I, I, I honestly think they could mm -hmm. uh, do it another way, to be honest. Yeah. Um, honestly, folks, I had no idea what to expect out of this movie before I saw it. Uh, and, and I will put my thought into it at the end, so. Mm. Um, yeah. So, well, I guess we should give a couple of quick notes before we get yeah. into the movie. Um, this movie was directed by Trey Parker. It was produced by Matt Stone, Jason McHugh, and Fran Rubin Cousy. Uh, this was written by Trey Parker. It was uh, distributed by Rogue Pictures. Uh, production companies included Cousy Enterprises Avenging Conscience and MDP Worldwide. This movie was released on September 6th, 1997, had a budget of $1 million, and made $602,302 at the box office. Yeah, so this is a smashing uh, non-hit. Right, it, it's sort of a bomb at the box office. It is a, a total bomb on the office. And I, I, I do think that... Uh, there's there's two reasons why this movie didn't go over. Uh, uh, first and foremost, um, I think uh, their trauma stamp from the last picture was kind of holding behind them. And to be honest, uh, didn't like South Park hadn't become uh, famous and uh, uh, as as it is in in, in now. At that time, I think South Park uh, had uh, just gotten started. Yeah, I think South Park just started, and, and there was absolutely no press behind this movie mm -mm. at all. Well, I think part of that, and I'm going to mention it now, is because of the film rating it got. It got an NC-17 yeah. rating, which, yeah. if you get that rating, um. Box office wise, you're not going to do that well. In no, it was dead. It was dead already then, and I feel that's kind of unfair uh, in one way. But also, I I, I do I do see uh, uh, reasons to give this movie the rating it got. I mean, it's rude and 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 somewhat. Uh, Godless movie, uh, but it it isn't NC something in today's standard at all. If you look at it now, it would probably get a fifteen-year-old rating, but because it was ninety ninety seven ninety seven yeah yeah well I, uh, I think it got rated uh, higher because of that. Well, I mean, let's be honest. Um, probably the most famous or infamous, depending on how you want to look at it, NC-17 movie that probably has ever come out is Showgirls. Yeah, no, uh, and this is much less shorter than oh god, yeah, Showgirls. Yeah. Oh yeah, it is. Um, but uh, hold on, there, there was one. No, that that's all of our notes. So, um. Let's get into it, and let's start reviewing the movie Orgasmo. So, our movie begins with a fun action like theme song, sort of like Eye of the Tiger from the Rocky <laughs> movies. And we get the You're a Man song, which I like. You're a man, a man, man, man. Oh, that was... That's one of... It is, it is. Yeah, it's really, it's genius. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that song. That's probably one of my favorite songs that they ever did. 
So we start the movie and we see our main character, Joseph Young, played by Trey Parker, mm. as he and his mission partner are walking the wonderful, wonderful streets of Los Angeles. And uh, for, for people that is out there and uh, are Mormons, this is a reference to the second president of the church. Uh, uh, it's a little of Joseph Smith and Brigham Young. Mm -hmm. So this is putting Brigham Young and Joseph Smith's name together. So they go to a couple houses and they get the door closed on them. They're slammed on them. And then they meet this old lady. And she's a nice, sweet old lady. They notice her garden. Her flowers are looking good. And then they start going into it. And she's like, oh, you two are Mormons. Yes. You guys are the ones who come around and talk about Jesus Christ, right? Yeah. Well, I think you two can go fuck yourselves. And, <laughs> and and she says it so politely. I know. I think you two guys can go and help yourself. Whoa. Mm -hmm. So then they yeah. go to this big mansion in LA. Okay. Uh, but what they don't realize is it is a... Uh, uh, it's used to make adult movies. And mm -hmm. they're filming a scene... For a movie called Orgasmo, when they ring the doorbell and one of the security guards, you know, they talk to him and, excuse me, and they basically kick them out. So at first, at first, uh, the 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 other Mormon partner runs away. Young drops his book. And he gets hit a little bit. But then he starts fighting. And he's using karate moves. And the director is really impressed. So we meet the director, whose name is Max Orbison, played by Michael Dean Jacobs. Now, what happened is... Uh, during the filming, while this was all going on, the guy who was originally playing Orgasmo broke his finger. Yeah. And he's a bit of a wimp. Let's just say that. So, because of that, he tries to get Young to be Orgasmo. But the thing is, Joseph Young will not do it. Because he's a Mormon. Yeah, because he's a Mormon. And mm -hmm. Mormons don't have uh, sex before marriage. Right. So, Orbison tries to get Young to do this. And, you know, he offers him, you know, loads of money. Round after round after round. Until finally, he offers him $20,000 to do two days' work. And Young begrudgingly agrees to do it. So, he then calls his fiance, Lisa, played by Robin, Liv Rob, Robin Lynn Robb, and he says that, well, he's going to be staying in Los Angeles a little bit longer than expected, and that he's going to be in a movie. So, the reason that he's doing this is because his fiance wants a big wedding at a church. And, you know, apparently Mormons do these big weddings and they cost a lot of, I mean, a lot of money. So, yeah, I mean, uh, this is kind of integrated into Mormon culture uh, uh, that uh, marriage is really important because you, you just marry for once and it's for life and you get 16 kids. Mm -hmm. uh, so they look at, at marriage as something uh, incredibly important and therefore also try to have expensive uh, expensive uh, weddings yeah. because it's so yeah, big. That's what she said. So 
when he tells her how much he's going to make for the movie, she screams in excitement, and he, mm-hmm. you know she or he holds the phone away. So mm-hmm. as she, you know, she's about to hang up because her dad's picking her up for choir practice. She goes, "Jesus and I love you, Joe," and he's like, "Jesus and I love you too, Lisa." It's such a good sentence. So then. We get this scene after that, and this is a really good one, where Joseph is praying to God, and he's asking him if there is any sign of you wanting me to do this movie. Please give me the sign now. Well, we start having an earthquake. And stuff starts falling off, things are broken, and then after that he's like, give me any sign, and it'll work. (laughs) I love this. So, So we get to Monday, and he's there to do the movie, and he goes into costume to get ready, and he meets, um... An actor named Ben, who was played by Dean Bacar, who we remember from Cannibal the Musical. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Joseph is still very, you know, he's not really into this, but he knows that he's going to have to do this. To say it mildly, he's a little um, shy. Yeah. <laughs> So, Ben, uh, his character in the movie is Chode Boy, Chode Boy, who is Orgasmo's okay. sidekick. And, of yeah. And, you know, they're getting ready to do this first scene. And something that we have to remember is, you know, Joseph does not, you know, Joe doesn't want to do this, but he knows he has to do this, except for one thing. And that is to have intercourse. So they start filming the scene. And, you know, everything's going good. And then the director stops. And he then calls for what we normally what we would call in most Hollywood movies a stunt double. Yeah. But in this movie, they call him, or they call them a stunt cock. Yeah. So, they then could, you know, then it goes on. So, the filming is going on, and the the movie's going, you know, like, as far as filming goes. It's like, Mm -hmm. it's going good, but Joe's still not comfortable with it. And something that I noticed throughout the movie, and I'm sure you did too, is how he doesn't swear. Like, because he's Mormon. Yeah. And Mormons aren't He's really. Mormon, and, and it's important for him to, to not swear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, another person that we see in this movie is Matt Stone, who plays the photographer in this movie. And mm-hmm. throughout the movie, we get, like, it's like a just a line of jokes where it's like, I'm not queer, but... That was some good shit. And it's just all these different jokes where it's like, I'm not queer, but Depeche Mode is good. They sound like Depeche Mode. It's just really weird. So, uh, after they're done with the first day of filming, they go to a sushi bar. And it is owned by a friend of Ben's known as G Fresh, who is played by Masao Maki, who, if you remember from... Cannibal the Musical was the Indian chief in that movie. And he plays the stereotypical Asian black man? Uh, Yeah, that's a good question. Is he Asian black man? Um, I'm not sure. So, they're there, and then a couple of thugs come in. And they want G Fresh to close down his sushi bar. 
so that the owner can have the rest, because their club is right next to the sushi bar. And they can have the rest of the building. And G Fresh will not give them the, he, he just won't give it to them. So they start breaking things. And they're like, if you don't give it to us next time, we're going to take it from you. So, after that, you know, they feel a little worried about G-Fresh because, you know, it's their friend, or at least Ben's friend. So, they, um, so they go back the next day to do some more shooting, and we get this one part, which is just, oh my gosh, I, I don't know how to describe this scene. Um... Orgasmo is to have a scene with T-Rex. And T-Rex, um, we find out, is a really large woman. And what is so... Like, the scene is actually funny. Because they use, cause they use Trey Parker's voice as, you know, like one of the characters from South Park. And it's like... All right, I'm here. And Joe has this look on his face like, oh my God, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? So, you know, they managed... I think in a way, I also think, sorry for mm -hmm. interrupting, no, it's okay. but I also think in, in, a, in a way, uh, they're trying to give, give him a little like more... Um, what you call, call it, like, meat on the bone, to try to show him from another side as well. Mm -hmm. So, after that day of shooting, um, Ben decides to have Joe come over for dinner at his house. Joe mm -hmm. is a graduate of MIT, so he's really smart, really bright. So, before we go into what he has... He talks about um, that he used to do karate, and he used to do, and he used to do a special kind called hamster foo. <laughs> this might how be funny, how funny is that word though? It's good. It is really good. This might be my might be my favorite scene in the whole movie. So, you well, know, it's, it's it's really good. It is it's really good. Because I, I I think I think this is it's showing their humor from a mm -hmm. from a really good side. And there's something about like the the uh, uh, trying to like uh, give him uh, all these obstacles in his life. Yeah. As well. So Joe asks him why he doesn't do it anymore. And at first, Ben doesn't really want to talk about it. But then he's like, well, it was something I had to do for my father. So they go to this, um, you know, flashback. Here's Ben as a kid. And he's like, Dad? Yes, son? I don't think I'm going to do hamster foo anymore. It's okay. And that's it. That's the whole thing. And Ben has started to cry. And I just love that, just how ridiculous it was. Yeah. It was so ridiculous, it was funny. So they then go down into his basement, and he, you know, he's made different tools, you know, different things. And one thing that he has made is... Uh, honest to goodness, real life version of Orgasmo's main weapon, the Orgasmerator. Because, you know, in these movies, you know, they don't really, you know, it's just cheap sound effects. Here, he actually builds it. And at first, Ben cannot lift it. But Joe, who is. Got more weight, just a bit more weight. He can lift the orgasmerator. And he lifts it up, and Ben tells him to pull that little trigger. 
and he does. And it's the worst sound effect, but it's so good. It's like, pew! And, you know, um, you know, uh, um, pardon me, folks. And something happens with Ben, and he's like, oh my god, this really works! So Ben then has this idea of going out in the town using the orgasmerator. And they, you know, they shoot at random people and they do these, you know, they make the different motions and it's sort of making them horny to a degree. And, oh, yeah, and it's just a, it's just a weird, funny scene. So we get to the end of filming, like the filming is done. And at the end, you know, after the filming is over, Joe's like, you don't think that this is going to be big, do you? And he's talking to Max. He's like, nah, it probably, you know, it probably won't. I'm, I'm not really sure. I mean, you'll get the money, but. <laughs> well, Orgasmo ends up becoming the biggest grossing movie of all time in the yeah. adult entertainment business. And it sweeps all the awards. And they, you know, like, Joe wins an award for Best Actor, and mm -hmm. it's being played nationwide, and it's just incredible. And, and that's that's one of the things that I... I, I um... I think I think maybe uh, it was like uh, uh, trying to 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 uh, make fun of because a, a porn movie would never ever uh, get this famous. Well, the the only one that I can think of that you know has as far as movie circles go, regular movies. That probably would be the biggest is Debbie Does Dallas. Oh, De Debbie Do Does Dallas or um, Deep Throat. Right. And then that would be yeah. it. So. Yeah. So Max realizes he's got a hit on his hands. And part of that is because of Joe. So, you know, they plan on doing this big celebration. And. Joe is like, you know what? I want my money. I'm going to go home. I'm going to go get married to my fiance, and we're going to live happily ever after. So he meets Max at the party, and Max tells him, we're going to do a sequel. We're going to do a sequel to this movie. And and he says to, you know, to Joe, I'll pay you $40,000 to do this movie. Mm. Which is now even more money than he got in the first one. So then um, Max announces that you know they're going to do the sequel. Um, so Joe calls his fiance again and tells her that he has to stay longer because they're going to do a sequel. Now he lies to her because he tells her that they're doing death of a death of a salesman. And he lies so bad because he says that they're doing a sequel to Death of a Salesman. <laughs> Which, I've, I never saw the play, but he's like, oh, uh, no, he, he doesn't die. Uh, he gets revenge. Everyone thinks he's dead, but he gets revenge. So he tells her how much he's making, and, you know, she screams again in enjoyment. Um... So, after that, you know, she does the same goodbye. Jesus and I love you. Jesus and I love you too. So they get to the set, and Joe is reading the sequel, the script for the sequel, when we see a new person come in, and it is this prick of a person. And the guy's name is A-Cup who is played by David Dunn. We later will find out that A-Cup is the nephew of Max Orbison. 
So that's probably why he got the, got into it. So A Cup will play a character in this movie called Neutered Man. <laughs> Such a great name. That is Neutered that is original. Man. I will give you that. It is yeah. original. Um and in, and in the movie, basically, neutered man's going to get away. So, um, so they started, you know, doing the filming, and it's just not the same as the first time around. Like, Joe feels it, um, a couple other people feel it, that it's just not the same as the original. So, later, uh, we go to a scene where G-Fresh ends up getting beaten up by the thugs. And he ends up giving the, the place to the thugs. Like, sign the contract. So, Ben and Joe find out about this. And they decide that they're going to go and they're going to get the contract back. For their friend. Yes. Yes. So they dress themselves as like I don't know, how would you it's like a German club and they're yeah. in leather. Which is really weird. <clears throat> um but they manage to get into the club. Even though Joe has the orgasmerator in his hand. Okay, let me just say this. If this situation happened today, there's no way Joe gets in that club. Because the security no, guard... No, 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 no. Because the security guard would be asking him, uh, what are you doing with that thing? Honestly, that's what would happen, folks. So, they get in, they go, they find the thugs, and there's a fight. And Ben and Joe beat them up and they get the contract and they end up leaving with the contract in hand before they get caught by the thugs. And they're so happy about this. They're excited. Well, Joe is about to go into his apartment that night when all of a sudden, Lisa pops up and surprises him because she was away from him for so long that she just could not bear being with, you know, without him anymore. So they come in, and as Lisa is going in, Joe is trying to hide and get rid of all the dirty stuff, you know, like he's on the cover of and all that. And, you know, he's doing a somewhat okay job of lying. Not too good, but... Um, but it's so cute, though. It's it, the way way uh, the way he lies is so... Mm -hmm. It's for her. It's uh, it's only for her benefits. Right. So... And, and he lies only to, like... Uh, not really make himself look better, but kind of protect her in a way. Exactly. So, you know, she wants to go see him perform on the set. And he's like, uh, it's a closed set. Oh, they could probably let me in. Uh, no, it's not, you know, not really like that. <laughs> so, yes. you know, there's still... You know, like, the movie is still not as good filming-wise as it was the first time. And at one point, Joe is considering getting out of this. Like, he doesn't want to do it. And Max threatens him with, you know what happens to people who don't go and do my movies? They go swimming with the fishes, see? So... We have that to work with. Um, so, you know, Joe continues to do the movie. Then we get this one scene. 
And this is such a good scene where Max is having an interview with this actor who wants to be in a movie. His name is Sancho. All he says throughout the whole thing is, I am Sancho. Okay. I am Sancho. Okay, well, well what makes you Sancho? I, I am Sancho. Yeah, this is I am Groot. So, he pretty much gets the role. Like, he's gonna be in, you know, um, so he, he ends up getting in the movie. Or going to be in the movie. Um, then Joe goes up to Max and he's like, I'm done. I'm done. I'm, I'm quitting the film. I'm done. And, you know, there's this whole argument of, like, Max lied to Joe because there's a part in the contract that says that Trey can walk, or that Joe can walk out at any time, and, you know. So, what happens later is, um, Lisa goes to the video store. And I, and I want to see if you noticed this in, in the, in this scene. In the background, one of the movies that they were playing... Did you notice what movie they were playing in the background? Yeah, no. What they, movie were they playing? Cannibal. It was Cannibal? Yeah, okay. So, I wasn't 100% sure because uh, I was thinking it was. So, as Lisa is there, um, you know, she hears Joe's voice. And okay. she asks the guy or the clerk, what is that? And he's like, don't you know what that is? Have you been living under a rock? And she's like, I'm from Utah. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. Um, so after that, uh, there's a quick scene where Ben sees the thugs that they beat up earlier. Yeah. So, so then Joe comes home and Lisa is crying and she realizes what is going on. And he tries to explain everything, and it ends up where Lisa does not want to be with him anymore. Like, he, she's done. She's going home. The wedding's Please. off. Forget about it. So, Forget about it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, you know, then we had the scene with Sancho and Joe leaving. So... Joe is going, like, Joe goes to Ben's place, and he's telling him that he's leaving. He's got to go back to Utah to, to get his woman back. To get his woman back. Well, that's true. But what he doesn't know is that Lisa goes back to the apartment to try and reconcile with Joe. However, Aww. she ends up getting kidnapped. So, so, so Joe goes back to the apartment, notices the door is unlocked. He answers the phone, and it's Max, and she, and he has, um, Lisa, and he threatens him. You better come back to the set tomorrow, or else. And Joe goes, "I'm gonna be thrown to the fishes." See, exactly. So then Joe goes back to Ben, tells him what has happened, and they put their disguises back on from earlier in the movie when they were in the club, and they go to the mansion. So they bring the Orgasmerator with them, and they notice that, you know, the house is, you know, tons of security. So they go over the wall, and... Here comes this dog. Here comes this German Shepherd. And excuse me. Um, and it's trying to get him. And Joe shoots the Orgasma Raider at the dog. And then the dog starts humping Joe's leg. <laughs> mean, okay. yeah. Meanwhile, Lisa is tied up on set and they're going to use her in a scene for the movie. 
Oh no. Mm-hmm. But it, because you oh, know somebody save her. Because you know she doesn't. You know the Mormons and sex and all that. We went into that discussion. Yes. 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 We talked about it. So they eventually <laughs> get in the house, and they oh. meet up with two of Max's henchmen. Yeah. And they start this fight scene. And it's a good fight scene. It's actually a funny fight scene. And it's a good back and forth stuff. Good back and forth action. Um, and it ultimately ends up where the heroes are able to move on. Um, but, you know, they meet Sancho. Because Sancho has been hired. Um, and, you know, they use the Orgasmerator, and that's a good, that, that was a good scene. Um, so, they get through him, and then they get to the set. And they start, you know, to fight a couple more members, and A-Cup is there. And A-Cup starts fighting Joe, and, you know, they have a fight. Uh, ben beats up one of the handmen, you know, in the of the on the set pretty easily. So A Cup goes to him. He gets beaten up, and um, Joe yells at Ben, "Use hamster style!" And Ben's like, "I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. Use hamster style." So then we go back to the flashback. Where it's like, Dad. Yes, son. I'm not going to do hamster style anymore. It's okay. And Ben breaks out, and he uses hamster style. And he just scratches and kicks the crap out of A-Cup. So, you'd think that they're about to save Lisa. But Max comes up, and, you know, the whole, Stop right there, or else she gets it. And he says how, you know, he runs this town. He's the mayor. He's going to be the governor. He's going to rule the world with Orgasmo and Orgasmo 2 and all the sequels and all that. And Joe tries to shoot him with the Orgasmerator. But the Orgasmerator runs out of battery. It ran out of power. So, so Ben secretly cuts a wire from a lamp, puts it in the orgasmerator, and it gives it new battery, new life, and he shoots Max like three times. And they, you know, they beat they beat him and they save Lisa. Well, at this point, they have everybody that was in the house handcuffed, well, to their own way of handcuffed. And Ben decides to do one more thing. Because earlier in the movie, there was a scene where uh, Chota Boy was supposed to use a cock rocket. And it didn't go off as well. And Max was upset about that. So Max made a better version. And it blows up the entire mansion and our and our heroes get out of there before the cops could come and sancho meets up with dave and sancho goes i'm not queer but i really like fire and dave has this look on his face like so joe and lisa they're packing up they're getting ready to leave they're gonna go back to utah um, when Ben comes back, and he is in a pink car with a couple of women, and look, G-Fresh! And G-Fresh is dressed... Yay. And G-Fresh is dressed in a black person's outfit. Yeah. Yeah. So... Because that's, that's, not, that's not weird at all. That's not racist at all. No, 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 no. So... You know, they're going to do their goodbyes. And then Lisa's like, wait a minute. Look at what we, look at what you did. 
you made friends, you're very successful. Why don't we stay here in L.A.? We can spend our lives together. You could go on and do your things. I'll be by your side. And they're like, it's, you know, if it's something that Jesus wants me to do. So they start making out, and then Joe sees a image of Jesus, and Jesus waves at him, giving him a thumbs up. It's really weird. So basically, Joe and Ben are going to become crime fighters. They're going to be Orgasmo and Chota Boy. So you think, that's it. The movie ends right there. Well, there's one more thing. We go to Max, who's at the doctor. And the doctor is looking at his testes. And the doctor says, we have some bad news. Your testicles have swollen to the size of oranges. And they say, and the doctor says that there's only one option. We have to surgically take them off. And this gives Max such a great I you know like a great feeling because now he is going to become, you know, Orgasmo's main enemy, neutered man. And he, you know, he just has this look. And in a, in a way, it teases that there's going to be a sequel. But that's how the movie ends. And that is Orgasmo. Yes, that is Orgasmo. Um, before we give the thoughts, or not the, the thoughts, the reviews and stuff, um... Why don't you give your thoughts on this and and your rating of this? Uh, yeah, like I said, I think this is an underrated movie. I think it's a funny, but <laughs> and yes, there is a but, but but. Uh, I don't think it is uh, like a ten out of ten. Right. Funny, ha ha ha. Right. Not at all. It's kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of hard to rate this movie because it's, it's not laugh out funny all the time. Uh, but it's still, it's still, uh, it's still good enough to keep me extremely interesting. Uh, interested. So I give this a seven. All right. Seven out of ten. Yeah. Um. It's, it's a good movie, but but definitely not their best. I I agree. I don't think it's their best movie. Um. I honestly prefer Cannibal over this one. Really. Um. And, and I guess the reason why I prefer Cannibal over this one is with Cannibal. There is a lot more heart in that movie. Mm. Whereas in this movie, and, and I'm not saying that this is a terrible movie. It's not. There There's some good stuff in this. It's just with this, it almost feels like it's Trey and Matt and a couple other people wanting to see what the world of adult entertainment is like. If you, if you get where I'm coming from. Mm -hmm. There are some good scenes in this movie. There are some good characters. Like, Ben was my favorite character in the whole movie. Yeah. And I, and I, guess, and I guess it's because I could, re you know, relate to Ben being a, someone who, you know, is sort of like the little guy, but he's so full of energy and spunk, you know? Um, I, in the end, and, and it feels weird to say this, but in the end, I sort of wanted to see the sequel just to see what would happen, but mm. we'll probably never get the sequel, which is probably okay. Um, it's one of those movies yeah, where... I, I, I don't, I don't want the sequel. Right. I don't, I don't want the sequel at all. 
this is this is a story they are done with. Sorry. It's a movie that is one of those movies that you can say, I saw it once, I don't ever have to see it again. That's how I feel about this movie. I saw it once because I've heard about it through word, word of mouth. And honestly, I don't ever have to see this movie again. So I'm going to give this a 6 out of 10. But that's just me. Um, one thing we should mention is that there were actual adult film stars in this movie. Um, yes. Ron Jeremy being the biggest name in the movie. Yeah. Um, but there were some other names, including uh, Chasey Lane, Julie Ashton, Shayla Laveau, Jill Kelly, uh, Max Hardcore, Christy Lake, GN, uh, yeah, Gina Fine, Jacqueline Lick, Mike Eden, I, I, well, okay, maybe not Mike Eden, I'm not sure, uh, Melissa Hill, and Serenity Wild, among many others. Um, so some notes about this movie. Um, the film on Rotten Tomatoes has received a 50% approval rating based on 32 reviews. Roger Ebert gave the film half a star out of four, arguing, arguing that Orgasmo had little of the clever wit Parker and Stone brought to South Park, and furthermore, describing the film as, quote, callow, gash, obvious, and awkward, and designed to appeal to those with similar qualities. It's yeah, we don't agree with that at all. Right. The reception of the movie and the rating is discussed in the 2006 documentary, This Film Is Not Yet Rated. As far as home releases go, uh, they came out with a two-disc DVD set with the theatrical version, which is the one that I saw, and an unrated version of this movie, which surprisingly runs two minutes shorter than the original. Yeah, explain that to me. Um, <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh, the film... Yeah. The film was released via Blu-ray on May 12, 2015, and includes both versions of the film as well as all the features from the two-disc DVD. Um, alright, I guess we should go... <laughs> I guess we should go to IMDB then. Let's go there. Alright. Uh, this might be the biggest as far as how many people have rated anything we have done on this show since we've started. Okay. Okay. Of 31,665 people, the average rating for this movie is a 6.2 out of 10. Wow. To break it down a little bit, over 3,600 people gave this a 10. Over 6,500 people gave it a 7. That's your score, Fro. And just a little over 6,000 gave this a 6, which is my score. Only a little over 1,000 gave this a 1. Um, As far as who rated this higher, uh, you know, what was the higher score, male or female, they both gave it the same score, although more males voted on this than females did, obviously. So I'm going to put my little rating in, so that is done. Um, now, we're not going to read all of these reviews because God knows there's so many. So pick yeah, I'm gonna pick a positive one and an and a negative one. Yeah, let's do that. Alright. So I am going to start with okay, I'm gonna start with this first one. It is from Darthmus, who is from Vancouver, 
who wrote, Sometimes I just need brain candy. When I need brain candy, I can rely on Matt Stone and Trey Parker to deliver. Orgasmo is full of potty humor, blasphemy, and other rudeness. It relentlessly mocks religious zealots, the porn industry, and nearly everything in between. There is nothing good about the acting or production quality. In fact, the poor acting and production qualities add to the humor. I think in the same way that the cheesy attempt at animation adds to the humor of South Park. The entertainment value of Orgasmo lies primarily in the situation. And even if the individual jokes are not fantastically original, the situation is. It's just good, stupid fun. Think of the rudest, raunchiest of all South Park episodes, like the one where Cartman joins Nambla, or the one where the kids start a fad of sexually stimulating dogs. If you enjoyed those, you will probably enjoy Orgasmo. If you didn't appreciate the humor or found them offensive, don't bother with this movie. Personally, my tastes are so based that I consider this one of the funniest comedies I've ever seen. Ooh, uh, I don't know about that one. I'm not a... No, 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 no. It's not the funniest movies no. I've seen at all. Okay, now we're going to read a negative one. And we're going to read this email or for this review from the Captain Twelve, who wrote, and this is a negative review. I'll admit, when I got together with a few friends to watch this movie, my expectations were very low, even for a comedy, since all I knew about the film was that it reeked of Trey Parker's childish brand of tasteless, banal humor. I didn't think it would be on par with some of the funnier movies of the 90s. Man, I hate being right all the time. During the first three quarters of the movie, that's all my friends and I could stomach before turning it off, I think I might have chuckled once. Well, we had to watch the whole movie, Captain, so... I can't believe Parker had actually improved or improved on his... Me no, improved on his mediocre juvenile body of work with South Park and Team America World Police. This film didn't even have shock value, a seemingly must-have for Parker. It chronicles a Mormon missionary's transformation into a male porn star. Sound stupid? It actually plays out worse than it sounds. But it's not the, but it's not the plot that drives a decent comedy, it's the humor, right? I wish it did. The jokes in this movie are so witless, it makes South Park look like Frasier. Running gags that aren't funny the first time are rehashed again and again in the same pointless manner. Instead of making satirical jabs at the porn industry or the Mormon religion, Parker makes dim-witted toilet jokes and calls his sidekick Chota Boy. That's not even funny. Which brings me to the other downsides of this movie. Other than an unfunny, trite script and a stupid story, the cinematography is horrible, even for a comedy flick. The characters range from annoying to distasteful, and the poor production quality makes this movie even worse than it already is. The only thing shocking about this movie is that Trey Parker wasn't lynched for making it. If I could, I would give this movie negative stars, avoid at all costs, Rent Billy Madison, Wayne's World, or Tommy Boy instead. Don't waste your money on this witless wonder. Wow. Uh, I think somebody hated that movie. I think so as well. Okay. Um, let's, well, okay, let, let's make the argument on this one. Uh, or at least to on this uh, review. You and I both agreed that it's not really that bad. It's no. not that bad of a movie. No, 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 no. But also at the same time, like you and I both agreed, it's not their best work. I think of the four, because we already did the South Park movie. We did that at the beginning of this year. This would be at the bottom. 
I think, of the four. Because, or no, five. Because we did Cannibal, we did South Park, we did this movie. We're going to do Basketball at the end of season six. And then, at the end of season seven, we're going to do Team America. Right. And then, that's it. That's their movies. Mm-hmm. Um, why do you think... Why do you think... Because you are the diehard fan. You, you've been watching it longer than I have. Yeah. Why do you think this movie has such a cult following... I think it has a good uh, call following uh, because of many th- uh, things actually. Uh, I think it's it's one of the best uh, uh, unknown movies of them because uh, it was so early in their career and things like that. I think it's also liked because it kind of gives an insight of how. Um, uh, how Trey and, and people uh, is thinking. So yeah, there, there, there is, there is uh, some uh, some arguments for uh, some arguments for for uh, this being a cult film because it's such uh, a funny film that nobody has heard about and. I think it's. Uh, I would have fun showing people nothing that knows nothing about this. Mm-hmm. About this. I think for me, and this is just making an observation. There's two reasons why this has a cult following. Number one is because of who made the movie. Is Trey Parker yeah. and Matt Stone. Basically, it's almost like, and I'm sure I'm going to get blasted for this comparison, what I'm about to say, but it's sort of true. If you are a fan of movies made by Walt Disney, Steven Spielberg, Francis Ford Coppola, uh, John Ford, I'm just coming up with, you know, directors, Alfred Hitchcock, you're going to go see their movie. Because it's directed by those people. Or it's made by those people. I think that's the same with this. Anything that Trey Parker and Matt Stone do or have done is going to be watched by their fans. They don't care if it gets a half star out of four rating from Roger Ebert. They're going to go see this movie anyway. They're going to go see this picture because it's Trey Parker and Matt Stone. That's one reason. I think the other reason that it has this cult following, and let's be honest, this is a topic that in you know mainstream motion pictures does not get talked about, is it's about the adult entertainment business. I mean, can you honestly, honestly, and, and this is to everyone who's listening to this, can you name five movies, five movies that have anything to do with the adult entertainment business? I don't think anyone can. No. If you can, I will be very impressed. Me too. But I don't think it's possible. This, this does. And... Those are the reasons why I think it has that cult following. Mm. So, um, is there anything else you want to add on to this before we start wrapping up? Nope. All right. Um. Well, let's do the plugs. You can follow the show on Twitter at South or at Sharks Pond ninety seven. Mm, excuse me. Um, you can join our Facebook group. Uh, Sharks Pond pardon me Sharks Pond a South Park podcast and if you can't find it for some reason on Facebook click on the link in the description box and you are right there and don't forget to visit the Patreon page patreon.com backslash Bill's World Podcast 
Well, uh, next week, Fro, we begin season six of South Park. We're going into sort of a whole new world, if you think about it. No Kenny. We're no. done. We're done with Kenny. Kenny is gone. Mm -hmm. And how do we begin season six? With an episode I have never seen. I am not kidding. I have never seen this episode. Really? Yep. Because next Why not? I didn't know this existed. Because next week, we're going to review Jared Has AIDS. Mm. So, I uh, hope you guys enjoyed our, our special episode, our review of the movie Orgasmo. And come back next week as we get into Season 6 of South Park. For Fro, I'm Bill, and until next time, the balcony is closed.